All right, hey, good evening, uh, Faith Assembly. Number one, I just want to say it is such an honor to be here. I do have a question for you guys. So um, how many people know what Teen Challenge is? Okay, a lot of hands, amen. Um, how many people know somebody, whether it's a neighbor, a family member, somebody that's struggling in addiction? I, I bet you there's a lot of people that just don't want to raise their hand right now, but I, I think there's a lot more than that. Well, hey, look, Teen Challenge is a one-year faith-based program that helps uh, people um, in life-controlling issues. So we have adults, uh, adult men's centers, adult women's centers, juvenile boys, juvenile girls. It started off in 1958 for teenage gang members, and over the last 60-plus years, it has evolved into a ministry that now caters to adults and, and everybody. And um, tonight, you're going to get an opportunity to hear um, some of our men testify of what God can do in a broken life, right? Because when you're trapped in addiction, there feels like there's no hope. You feel so lost. And then you come into this program, and it's not about getting off the drugs. It's about finding out what is your purpose in life. What is it that God created you to do? And once a person, once a man, once a woman, once they find out what God created them to do, and they start to feel that hope, that's when everything starts to change. So tonight, you're gonna get a chance to hear these guys. Just, man, we're open books. We're here to, to minister. We're here to share what God has done. Some of these guys, it was maybe three months, six months ago, they were shooting dope into their arms. They were sitting in a jail cell feeling that hopelessness. And today, they're gonna sit on one of the, the largest church stages. The hearts are pounding, right? The, the nerves are going, and they're gonna come up on this stage and share what God can do in a broken life. Amen? All right, we're gonna go into a little video, and then we'll get into our first, our first uh, student. Thank you. I remember time and again when a, a person, would, a drug addict, will walk through the door you look in their eyes and you see hopelessness, you see pain, you see the suffering. Automatically, we embrace them with hope, we embrace them with love. The uh, substance abuse issue in the United States is a big issue and it affects all aspects of society. And it not only affects just the individual, but it affects the entire family as well as the entire community. So many times, uh, those struggling with life-controlling problems have called a lot of places. They've maybe even been in programs before, and nothing has worked. I remember shooting up and falling to my knees. I'd overdosed. And I remember thinking in my head that it was just the lowest point I'd gotten. It was, um, man. The next thing I know, I wake up, and I'm still wanting more. And I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Those that are truly struggling with addictions are looking for places that they could truly overcome that addiction and find help in a safe place. And that is Teen Challenge. I was so close to burning the bridge with my family, my mom, my sister, my children. If I wasn't here, I'd probably be locked up by now. Even if I didn't get arrested earlier on, I'd probably get arrested again. And then I'd probably be in jail right now. It was okay that I didn't have my family in my life. It was okay that I didn't have anybody else except for like this one person that I was in a relationship with. And I felt so, just so miserable and lost. And I, I just, I had like no hope. I was sitting in Santa Rosa County Jail and realized that I couldn't do this on my own. I needed something way bigger. 
from that very moment that they call, uh, we're instilling hope in them that, you know what, in spite of what's happened, God can still turn this situation around. And Teen Challenge is that vehicle that God uses. Teen Challenge offers a holistic program that is long-term for adults and adolescents that are struggling and have been struggling with um, addictions to different substances, whether that's drugs or alcohol, um, or even with our teens that are truly um, having problems in school. They can come to a safe place and be able to find quality staff that will pour into their lives and help them truly to live lives that are successful. I now feel like I can tell somebody that you are loved. You know, we can, we can get through this together and that's, that's what it's about is getting through it together. You know, we need God and we need each other. There are different opportunities scheduled for discipleship starting first thing in the morning. They do corporate devotions. And then we have opportunities to participate in our work experience program. And they learn uh, how to put into practice and apply the lessons that they're learning in class and in discipleship curriculum and deal with basically life in a brand new way that many of them haven't learned yet. The thrift stores contribute to the students' future by giving them a place to handle adversities, work as a team. It provides a place for them to learn good work ethic. It also helps them reintegrate into society. So after I got saved, I, that's when I realized all the changes happening. Um, that, that it wasn't me that was wanting to do good, but it was God through me, like helping me. So that, that really helped and I was really happy about that. It was exactly what I needed uh, to the T. It was exactly what I needed when I came here, and I'm so thankful for it. When teens come, they're going to continue their education through a, a web-based school curriculum that's fully accredited, and also receive counseling and attend family meetings. If you look at the, the big picture, 15 months out of your son or daughter's life, to have a life-transforming experience is not that long to be enjoying her for the rest of her life. When somebody that was completely broken, completely lost, hurt, to see somebody like that turn around and decide to serve those around them, decide to change their life, to love their family, to forgive when it's the hardest thing they've ever had to do. When you get to see somebody walk through that transformation, that's huge. But then to watch them even step up more and say, all right, now how do I give this freedom to others? That's why I wake up every morning. Hope is the solution, and that hope is found in Jesus Christ. And Teen Challenge is the organization in the Southeast region that can deliver hope. I've experienced the joy and the peace that just comes along with trusting Him, with not worrying, knowing that He's faithful, knowing that He's a God of restoration. And um, it's the most beautiful thing. I mean, He is a Father that loves me. Faith, how's everybody doing tonight? Yeah. So my name is Pete. I'm in my 12th month at Teen Challenge. And when I came into the program, uh, I got some good advice from a mentor at the time to kind of get out of my head to start journaling. But ever since I can remember, I've always expressed myself better through writing music, songs, poetry. So over the course of the next couple of months, I started trying to write a song or a poem that would explain what I was going through, what I was feeling. 
um, as I related to the guys, what we all go through. Something that I could share that would help our families understand what we were going through. Uh, but it never really made sense. It was kind of all scratches on different pages until recently when I stopped trying to force it. The Holy Spirit moved the pages in a supernatural way to where it was all there in front of me. The story I had been trying to tell. Because, I mean, that's what God does in our life. When we try and control it and do things our own way, it never works out. It never did for me. Until you kind of step back and trust in God and he always brings it all together. You got, you, we got to walk through this thing by the same way that I, I named the spoken word, by faith. Faith that you need to see to believe. We have become unaware of ourself and unaware of our health. We had no care for prayer. We were scared and we were bare. But the Lord was making preparation for our desperation. You see, we had spent too long getting it wrong. We would resist and we would quit. But what we lost, we brought into the cross. Because we vowed and we've cried and we've tried and we've denied three times. Morning always came way too quick. The fog was always way too thick. But with our hands to the sky, the love of the Father shows us why we were called for so much more. We just gotta walk through the door and have faith to believe what we cannot see. Because we've seen some things and we've done some things. The worst of the worst. So much it hurts, the blame and the shame. And we'll never be the same. But it's okay, because the old is gone and the new shall stay. Come on. Because it's not by sight, but by faith we walk. We don't just talk the talk, right? Because yes, we're blessed, but the ice is thin. One wrong step and you'll fall right in. It's, it's not easy getting sober. First you're queasy and you're detoxing, you're hunched over. You're scared to death of death. You're sick of being sick, you're tired of being tired, and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you can hear the tick-tock of a clock like a pin drop. But you know what? God breaks the silence. His voice is timeless. When it all seemed impossible, I heard it. It was audible. Clear as day, God has shown me the way to prosperity, to clarity, to humility, to vulnerability, to love and to grace. And he's put a smile on my face. So the Lord has forgiven me. He's renewed my mind and he's uplifted me. So with gratitude, I will praise. And I will stand tall with my arms raised and scream, thank you, God, for better days. Thank you. Good evening, Faith. My name is Brian Buchanan. I'm a 2019 graduate of Teen Challenge Orlando. <laughs> that same year, I was able to come here and share my testimony. And uh, I have the honor of coming back and telling you guys how amazing the God that we serve is. Um, I was raised in a uh, very, very good home, raised in the church. Um, hardworking family. At the age of 18, I got drafted by the Yankees in the second round. Six-figure contract, $300,000. Walked away from the church, started walking in the world. 
drinking, gambling, lying, manipulating. Had no idea who I was. Um, at this point in my life, I ran through the money in three years and the addiction started getting worse. I was lost. At this point, didn't care about God. 25 years later, I ended up living with my parents at 40 years old. After multiple arrests, after a divorce, after walking away from a situation with my son just because it got tough. My life literally was out of control. My aunt showed up. She came to me and she told me about a place called Teen Challenge. She told me it was a one-year discipleship program. She told me how long it was and my dad at the time who I was living with gave me two options. He said, go to Teen Challenge or go live in the streets. And me personally, I've never lived in the streets, so I was going to Teen Challenge. Walked into Teen Challenge and, uh, and I'll never forget my mom's crying. And the intake coordinator at the time took the pills I was taking for depressants and you know, all of the above, dumped them out and he said, you've been trying to do life for 25 years on your own. He's like, you're gonna meet a guy in here. He's gonna change your life. I remember that so boldly. It was, um, so for three months I was not having it. The structure, getting up at 5.30, being told what to do. And as an unbeliever, I was having Jesus thrown in my face. Well, God knew what he was doing because that fourth month, January 4th, 2019, he radically saved me at the detail shop standing on the sidewalk. It went from darkness to light. I realized that this Jesus that they were telling me about in this teen challenge wasn't, he just wasn't uh, this person, he was actually the son of God and that I had been forgiven for everything that I had done. So it's been a process over, this, over these last three and a half years of seeing God work in my life. He's called me to the ministry. Now I serve at Teen Challenge. Amen. And the men that come in here, we talk about the miracle-making, miracle-working God that we serve, they're sitting over here. He, uh, this process has been, I can't, I can't tell you it's been easy, but it's been rewarding because there's freedom. There's been this, this, this freedom that knowing that I'm forgiven and that I have a purpose in my life. And to serve in this ministry is something that we do as staff and we let these guys know that the process is tough, but forgiveness, sanctification, the whole, everything, it's not easy, but it's definitely rewarding. And now I get to mentor some of these guys and I get to be with them through this daily process because we see the gifts that they have. And some people have wrote, wrote us off, but what we've done is we stand firm in it. We're not giving up. The guys in this program are not giving up. And we, and we, just, we believe that Jesus can, ha, does have a purpose for us. And that's what Teen Challenge did for me personally. And hopefully it does for these guys sitting in these seats. Thank you. So what is reality? Reality is spending the last 10 years of your life in and out of jail, missing birthdays, Christmases, and your children growing up all for the lifestyle of an addict. 
Reality is finding out you have a one-year-old daughter that you've never met due to the fact that she was stuck in prison. Reality is seeing the disappointment in your mother's eyes after not seeing her for five years due to the amount of weight you've lost due to your addiction. How do I know that was reality? Because that was me. Reality is seeing the disappointment in your family's eyes because of all the hurt you have caused them. Reality is using drugs to drown out the pain in your heart from a lifetime haunted by hopelessness. Reality is losing three of your closest family members and not being able to say goodbye because you're incarcerated. How do I know that's reality? Because that was me. Reality is lying to everyone in your life about who you really are because you're ashamed of yourself. Reality is destroying two marriages through self-sabotage because you're not even capable of loving yourself. Reality is stealing from your own mother, betraying your family's trust, and putting your own son in danger just to buy your drugs. How do I know that's reality? Because that was me. Even though we suffer from different realities, we are all saved by the same truth. 2 Corinthians 5.17 states, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Therefore, the old is gone, the new has come. Truth is since I surrender my life to the Lord, I stand before you two years clean and sober. Truth is within this last year, I've received my high school diploma and was baptized on Easter at Calvary. Truth is Hebrews 4.16. So let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And now that I have the confidence to approach my Father's throne of grace, I can be the godly man my family's always needed. And that's my truth. Truth, since I've surrendered my life to the Lord, he's mended those broken relationships in my family. Truth is God has redeemed me from my past and has given me a purpose for my future. The truth is Psalms 34, 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. And I knew when he heard my cry from that jail cell, my life would be changed forever. And that's my truth. Truth is I owned up to all my wrongdoings to receive my family's blessings for a better life. The truth is God has put me in Teen Challenge to finally be still long enough and discover my true identity in Christ. The truth is John 5:19. The son can do nothing by himself, only what he sees his father doing. And now that I see what my father's doing, I can finally be the father my son's always needed. And that's my truth. And Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and that, that truth, truth shall set, set you free. Amen. Good evening. My name is Chris Busher, and I'm the program manager at Teen Challenge Orlando. But more importantly, I'm a graduate of this program. I graduated this program 15 years ago, and I can tell you this, out of all the ministries I've worked for, all the countries I've been to as a missionary, there's not one place that I'm more proud to serve at than Teen Challenge. 
This morning as I was praying, I was thinking about what I could share very quickly with my testimony. If I could impart one thing to you and one thing only, it is this, that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. I can testify to that all day long. When I think about who my God is, when I think about this creator God that we are all in here talking about this evening, I'm reminded of the book of Romans, my favorite book of the Bible, where the apostle Paul, he's talking about, he's remembering uh, Abraham and he's talking about who this God is. And Abraham says something that just, it catches my attention every single time I read it. He describes this creator God in a way that I can't even say it better myself. He says, the God that I serve, he gives life to the dead and he calls into existence the things that do not exist as though they already exist. That means that our creator God, the one who created everything we can see and everything we cannot see, he knows your name, he knows your situation, and before you were even born, he numbered all your days ahead of him and he wrote it down in his book. I am fully convinced of this because of one thing and one thing only, because I've experienced him. If you were to ask my family 15 years ago, 16 years ago, 18 years ago, 20 years ago, if they would have ever thought that their son would ever stand on a beautiful altar or go and tell somebody about the name of Jesus Christ, they would have laughed at you. They would have said, you're a fool. They would have said, you're out of your mind. But the God that we serve, he thinks differently. He sees things that inside of people that we can't even begin to see ourselves. I'm from a small town in Iowa. Anyone here from Iowa? Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) This is beautiful Florida, amen? But I was from a small town in Iowa and every Sunday my family, they would take me to a church, kind of like this, just a little bit smaller. And they would tell me about a God who would love me, a God who would be there for me, a God that would always, always, always protect me. They would tell me about the God of the Bible. But starting at a very young age, I became a victim of abuse inside of that church by someone inside of that church, not in the church, but someone inside of that church, someone that would tell you, tell me constantly about this God who loves me, but at the same time going for month after month and year after year of going through this abuse cycle, it broke me inside. I couldn't rationalize inside of my mind why this God would somehow love me and be able to protect me, but yet allow me to go through this. When my family found out about it, they pulled me out of the situation and they searched the whole state of Iowa, Minnesota, and even Illinois, take me to doctor after doctor to give me different medication to try to fill that hole that was in my heart, all that pain that I was feeling. But nothing worked. I was just a young, lost little boy who was filled with so much pain and so much hurt. And by the age of 12, 13 years old, I started to make new friends that started to experiment with the drugs and the alcohol and all that goes with it. And I can tell you this without having to go through my whole testimony. If you have so much pain, so much anger, and you have this huge fire in your life and you put a little gasoline on it, we all know what happens. Jails, institutions, rehabs, all of that. Nothing worked for me. Nothing in this whole world could fill that hole inside of me. And I figured since nothing could change me, since nothing could save me, since I wouldn't ever have a hope at a good life, that I would end my life. January 23rd, 2006, a day I'll never forget. I was swallowing so many pharmaceuticals just trying to end my life. 
And before that day, I didn't talk to my family for, for many months and I wanted to say goodbye to them because I knew that I took too much and then my body was starting to shut down. And I started this army crawl down these stairs from this apartment building that I was staying at, just trying to say goodbye to my mom and, and I just couldn't do it. I didn't make it. I fell, fell out on the street there. But for some reason, my mother, she, she found my body. It was one of those God coincidences. And she took me and they got me to the hospital and she, she grabbed the doctor and she said, save my son, he's dying. But the doctor said, I'm sorry, your son, he's, he's consumed it. It's, his kidneys are shutting down. His brain is, is slipping into a coma. There's very little hope for your son, but we're doing everything that we can. It was inside of that comatose state that I experienced Jesus for the very first time in my life. I felt conviction of every sin that I had ever committed. I didn't see God or angels or any of that. What I did is I felt conviction and I heard the Holy Spirit speak to my heart to call on Jesus' name. In that comatose state, I said, Jesus, save me. And I came out of that coma. My kidneys were healed. My body was healed and I was given a whole new life. And yes, it's great that God saved me like that. It's absolutely amazing. But you know what's even better? Is within the coming months after my body was fully recovered, they took me to a place called Teen Challenge. And the most incredible thing happened that day. They handed me a Bible. They said, it's real. Believe it. And after that, everything was completely different. We don't call this place Teen Easy. We call it Teen Challenge. It's a very difficult program, but it changes lives forever. And I can tell you, 15 years later, I'm living proof of it, and God is good. Amen?
I've been, uh, I've been listening to Teen Challenge testimonies for 13 years and I still get teary-eyed. It's so amazing what God can do in a broken life, man. And uh, I'm pretty sure I got one of the coolest jobs in the world, amen? Um, actually, I just wanna say real quick, you know, my wife was supposed to be here tonight. She ended up uh, coming down with a flu bug, had a fever and uh, could not be here. But tonight, uh, she was actually celebrating 13 years since she, the day she walked into Teen Challenge, and I just gotta bring out, amen. And uh, I, just gotta, I just gotta brag on her for a minute, you know, like she went into this program, A Broken Woman, and God just radically uh, changed her life. And after graduating the program, God called her into full-time ministry. We actually met at a Bible college for Teen Challenge graduates. And uh, I actually just fell in love with this woman's heart. You know, her heart for God, uh, what was attractive to me was just uh, watching her praise him. And, and uh, she turned in, uh, we ended up having, um, getting married, had a, a beautiful little uh, baby boy. I was told I'd never be able to have children. And um, that's another testimony in itself. And, 
And yeah, she's just an excellent mother. She's uh, just got a uh, license where uh, she's now a minister uh, with the Assemblies of God. And uh, just a, a, a beautiful woman inside and out. And I just want to say, you know, this morning I was really praying about tonight's service. And, you know, normally I come up here and I share my testimony. And I feel like God was pointing me in another direction. Um, he was having me share it from uh, the people that I, um, I hurt, you know, the people that went through this addiction with me. Because I'll be honest with you, for eight, nine years, it is just a fog for me. But there were people that I deeply hurt, I deeply affected um, with the things that I was doing and the things that, uh, um, yeah, I mean, just watching someone go through it. And, you know, um, I was always, uh, from a young age, you know, high school and after, I was a heavy drinker. I'm from Wisconsin, Sheboygan, Wisconsin. It's, it's beer, brats, and cheese, all right? It's just what we do up there, you know? We want to... We want to stay warm in the winter, so we put on that extra padding. And, uh, and you know, um, but it was around 25 years old where, you know, I finally made the decision, it's time to settle down, met a woman, got married. And it was about a year into that marriage where um, I ended up going in for just a numerous surgeries. I had a tumor in my neck, I had several knee surgeries, and I'm just a really accident-prone person. And, and when I got put on those pain medications, um, before I knew it, and she did not know it, it had completely taken over my life. And, you know, after doctors had cut me off, you know, my, my wife at that time noticed these huge withdrawals of money. I mean, just hundreds of dollars going. And her husband was now sick all the time. I was either on the top of the world when I was high or I was sick as a dog and couldn't get out of bed. I had her convinced that I had some terrible disease that was taken over and I would sit there and cry to her that this thing was completely taken over me. I was crying because inside I knew that I was heavily addicted and I couldn't get off and I was crying to her because I had to have some kind of excuse on why this was all happening. It wasn't long after that where she came home one day from a long night at work and she saw her husband there laid out on the floor overdosed. And she rushed me to the hospital and I was getting help. I was in the psych ward for three days, detox. Her sisters um, and her dug through our house, and that's when everything came to light. She found crack pipes, and she found opioid pill crushers and straws, and everything finally started to make sense. And for a wife to have to come home and realize that, it's embarrassing. She's a trauma room nurse, and all this is happening right underneath her nose. And... She gives me a chance to get cleaned up, you know, and you know, I just couldn't do it, you know. It was about 20 days later, she finds a big withdrawal for $700 out of our account, and that was it. She couldn't take it. She couldn't take the embarrassment. She couldn't take the lying. She couldn't take, um, I mean, she was completely just destroyed inside. And now my addiction is out in the open. So my family, you know, they take me in, and, you know, I talk to them, and I'm talking a good game because as addicts, that's what we do, right? We talk a good game. Look, all I need is I need to get to some meetings. I need to get back on track. I've been waiting for this thing to come out for so long, and I'm so happy it's out in the open. Together we can do this. And that is a lie. That is a lie. It was shortly after where I was going to the meetings, but I was secretly still getting high. And uh, I had gotten in my car after taking a handful of pills, 
And uh, I got my first DUI. I don't remember getting in my car. I don't remember the accident. I don't remember anything about it. So now they realized, you know, they picked me up from the hospital that uh, there's obviously a problem. Um, and we look for a program. I'm not going to do a 30 days, a 90 day. That sounded crazy to me. You know, and that's what addict we do. We want to look for the quick fix, right? The microwave, you know, uh, uh, treatment program, whatever you want to call it. And, and uh, you know, it was shortly after where, you know, they got me into a three-week intensive outpatient. So I was going to be going for eight hours a day. And the night before, I went over to a girl's house, and I was, you know, I was staying with her for a couple of days, and I took a handful of pills. I thought I went to bed. Apparently, I went into a blackout state, um, drank a bottle of booze, got up the next morning, and got in my car and started driving about an hour away. Um, little did I know, the cops had again pulled me over. Um, therapeutic dose for what I was taking is 50. I was at 950 ambient sleeping pills. And um, I didn't, the officer said, did you drink? I said, no. And um, I didn't think I did drink, but apparently I blew well over the legal limit at seven o'clock the next morning. And so now my parents know that there's obviously a pretty serious problem. I go into this treatment program, they have high hopes. What do I do? I learned that heroin is actually cheaper in this program. I could not afford the, the pills anymore because I don't have a, a two-person income and a wife that's a nurse, so um, I learned heroin's cheaper. And I get out of that program, everyone high hopes, but I go deeper into my addiction. And my parents, um, you know, I, I disappeared. Um, I kept getting worse and worse. They would search the streets. My mom would be up all hours of the night looking for me to get some help, trying to wonder if her son was, you know, what he was doing, what he was going to make it. They got phone calls when I was in jail. They got phone calls when I overdosed. I had 12 overdoses. I was in and out of psych wards, and that's what they got. That was the hope that they found. Your son is not going to make it anymore. That's what they heard over and over. And I can only imagine, as I was going through this this morning, I'm just heartbroken thinking, I got a son now. And I'm thinking about what they were going through as they were getting these phone calls. What to me was an eight-year blur, they remember probably every single minute very vividly. My parents didn't know what was happening anymore to their son. My drug addiction grew further and further. I got involved with crack cocaine. This brought me to a place where I went through every penny. It brought me to a place where I was sitting in places I never dreamed. My parents got a hold of me in the nick of time and uh, asked if I would be willing. Right before I was ready to commit suicide, they, you know, they asked if I'd be willing to go to another program. Went to Jacksonville, Florida, another secular program, this time for two months. And uh, man, you know, I, I, got a, I went through that two months, learned that I'm an addict, and I got on the plane and got a drink on the way home. I came back, I realized everything I had lost, my house, my job, my, my everything was gone. I'm sleeping in my parents' basement, and now I would take whatever I could to knock myself out. I would take these ambient sleeping pills, Xanax, I would take whatever I could just to numb the pain, you know, 
I was overdosing right down in their own basement, you know. Finally, they had to uh, kick me out. They had to take their hands off me. I moved into um, different people's apartments, uh, couch hopping. I can no longer hold a job anymore. My parents' marriage is now going down the drain. My mom wants to save me. My dad is just... I mean, he wants to save me, but it's just different. Like, we gotta, we gotta show this kid some tough love. Um, I had a cousin that came and talked to me. He was a, uh, uh, a junkie that, you know, turned his life over to God, became a pastor. That day, my parents got saved, and I kept on going. They got wisdom to move out of the state, get away from me. The only way to save their marriage, the only way to save their life and to save mine was to stop enabling me and get out of, and get out of Wisconsin. Heartbroken, lost. They couldn't get a hold of me anymore. I went through the next, you know, I don't know how long, you know, maybe another year of just couch surfing, overdoses, and man, my life is out of control. I was finally arrested in 2009, facing 16 years of prison for breaking into people's houses, and they finally said, Hey, are you willing to go to this program, Teen Challenge? And finally, you know, after all these years of heartbreak and in devastation and just, I mean, utter just despair, I finally go into Program Teen Challenge with little hope that I would actually do it. And man, did God radically transform my life, man. I started to hear the testimonies like you're seeing of these men. I'm starting to feel the, now what I know now is the Holy Spirit. And I, I, I had nothing else to lose but to turn my life over to Christ. That one decision changed the entire course of my life. Amen? Throughout that year, God placed a calling on my life. God restored my family, restored my relationship with my sister and the rest of the people I had hurt. God put... Um, um, God called me into the ministry of Teen Challenge because I know what it's like to hurt. I know what it's like to be trapped in addiction and I could not stand to know the answer and not be able to share that with the people that I love, right? Amen. And uh, it's been an amazing journey. You know, God brought me a beautiful godly wife. He moved me down to Florida, praise the Lord. And um, it's just been like, you know, I got a, a wife who's got the same heart and we get to serve at Orlando Teen Challenge and um, we're running out of time here. We, we have a beautiful campus here. What we want to do is we want to be a resource to you guys. Amen? If you know someone that's struggling where you're going through some of the things that I just talked about, we want to be a resource for you, all right? And um, we just can't thank you guys enough for letting us come here. I want to tell you we got a, a gala coming up with more testimonies on October 20th. Um, I think we got a phone number um, that we'll put up later. Come by, see our table, and uh, we just thank you for having us.